You are listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Hey, oh, we were kind of <laughs> dancing in the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Might be early in the morning, but we're... Good. Right? Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 101. That's wild. Feels like from now until episode 150, it feels like we can't... Or 200. 200, that's true. It's like when I turned 30. I was like, whoa, this is monumental. This is huge. And every birthday since, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But now I feel like you know, three and a half more years and it's 40. I'm like, Oh man. (laughs) Anyways. Um, thanks for tuning in to the round table podcast. If you're a new listener, especially, thank you. Welcome. And, uh, my name's Andrew and with me as always is Corland. Hello. Hello. And Cameron, unfortunately is no longer with us for today for this morning i don't know why but that joke never gets yeah, old to I me can tell. <laughs> it's a dad joke man oh man so uh if you are new to the podcast we like to uh either answer questions that people send in or uh we discuss things that either Corlin or cameron or myself have been thinking about wrestling through questions that we have and so today Corlin is actually going to bring forward a Topic of discussion or just, yeah. you know, something to just mull over and discuss. And hopefully it's interesting. <laughs> hopefully it interests you. I know for me it was it was like as I was reading, I was like, whoa, that's that's crazy. So hopefully you're not just entertained, but hopefully you're actually challenged to think. Are about you these not entertained? Right. Anyways. Yeah. So what's uh, what's on your mind? So I was doing uh, my devotions a while ago and I was reading in Luke chapter 22 uh, and we see the conversation about who's the greatest and we see a few other things happening. So this is actually shortly before Jesus is betrayed and shortly before he's right. crucified. Uh, so his ministry is coming to a close or has come to a close. Uh, Cause just in chapter 23, we have Jesus before Pilate uh, and 24 already. We have the resurrection. So we're, we're coming up quick to, to the big day. Yep. Um, but in chapter 22, verse 33 is where my attention was drawn and, and kind of caught. Um, I I didn't come here with like a specific question more so than just like I wanted to discuss this, like talk about what this looks like. What is what is Jesus doing here? What's what's happening? Because hmm. um, it yeah, it just caught. Like I said, it really caught my attention. Yeah. So it says in verse 31, Simon, Simon. So we're, that's Peter, if you're not familiar with the New Testament. Yeah. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So then Peter goes on the whole like, Jesus, like, I, I'm ready yeah. to go to prison. I'm ready to die for you. And then Jesus tells him that he'll deny him three times before the rooster crows. Yep. What's happening here, right? Like we we have, uh, I think in one of the other gospels, right in this similar time, I think it's in the gospel of John, uh, we have Jesus giving his high priestly prayer, mm-hmm. similar timing. Uh, I'm just, yeah, the fact that Simon, Simon, Satan demanded to have you, behold, Satan demanded to have you. I'm like thrown back to Job, like the, the conversation where uh, the Satan goes to, God and, and God asks him what he's been doing and he's been roaming the earth. And then he asks for his servant Job uh, to, to tempt him type deal uh, to sift as wheat. That's something that God does not, not 
Satan. So yeah, I, I just have like a whole bunch of like, what in the world is <laughs> happening here? It's super interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this takes their, uh, I think you mentioned it, right? They're at the last supper and yep. they've just, if you back up to verse 14, Jesus just instituted, right? This is my eat. This is my body drink. This is my yep. blood. In Luke's account, the disciples then have a fight about who's the greatest, which I think is so funny that he's just like, Jesus just is like, hey, I'm going to lay down my life for you. And then they're arguing like, hey, who do you think's better? Yeah. Who do you think's better, man? I'm so much better than you. <laughs> it's like, I Jesus, I'm sure just like, you know, hand to the forehead, like, come on, guys. And um, and then, yeah, just wanted to give a bit of context, right? Yep. And then si he says to, to Simon uh, or Peter, right? Satan's demanded to have you that he could sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just some of the initial thoughts and questions that I have that come up is like, you know, um, clearly Jesus knows what Satan's doing. Yep. And like, why is Satan allowed to do that? Like, that seems like a bad thing, yeah. right? The, to sift you like wheat, that that doesn't sound fun. And Satan's demanded that. But then the other question that comes up is Jesus is like, I've prayed for you. I'm like, well, why don't you just take care of the problem, Jesus? Yeah. Like, is, are you... Fully God, fully man. Like, well, what, yeah. Like, are you, are, are you powerless to just tell Satan to stop? You're, you're praying for me, which... Dad, don't get me wrong. Thanks for praying for me. <laughs> And then even I was, uh, there's a few notes in my little uh, study Bible here, which I think are interesting. Um, it says, Satan's demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. And the you is plural in both of those instances. Hmm. So lots of scholars indicate, actually all the disciples yep. are in view. Yep. He's just kind of singling out Peter. Um, and, then he, and then it says, I have prayed that your faith may not fail. And the your there is actually singular now so some mm. scholars are like okay so jesus is kind of saying to to all the disciples using plural language because remember all the disciples abandoned jesus yeah so we get kind of a a bigger glimpse into simon peter's uh face plant right because yep. he yep. physically like denied jesus three times but they all fled they all yep. left him they did so jesus is kind of saying this plural language satan's demanded to have all of you I'm just kind of all 12 of you. Yeah. That he might sift all of you, but I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you Peter have turned strengthen your brothers. So it's just interesting. Like, okay, one, Jesus kind of knows what's going on, right? He's, he knows that they're all going to fail him. He knows that, um, or does he, or is he saying like, Satan wants to do this. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. I'm praying that you'll stand strong. <laughs> I see that's where it gets fascinating for me. Cause if you were to hold, like if you were to stop right before Peter's response and Jesus's response to Peter, I would say that you probably would. I, I would see the tension of like, Oh, maybe Jesus doesn't know what's going to happen. But then yeah. Jesus straight up tells him that he's going to deny him three times. Yes, totally. Right. So yep. like, the idea that Jesus doesn't know what's going to happen seems far off to me if you read the rest of this little section here. Mm -hmm. um, but yet Jesus is fulfilling his his role here on earth as high priest with these things. And I, yeah, I think I think it's really, really fascinating and interesting to wrap our brains around how Jesus 
could be fully God, fully mm-hmm. divine, and fully man at the same time. So he can fulfill the role of the high priest. Yep. Uh, and yet he's still Yahweh, right? So like, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's uh, and we just did our theology class in the fall <clears throat> where we did a week about the person of Christ, and I remember during that week. It was kind of like mind bending a little bit. Yeah. And there was lots of questions that came up because this is not the only example. Because I think in this example, you have like Jesus saying, okay, Saint wants to do this. I'm praying for you. So it's like you can kind of see, oh, does does Jesus know what's going to happen? Because then there's times when he does know. There's other examples like people brought up. Okay, so, right, the nature of Jesus, we say that he's 100% fully God and 100% fully man. But someone I remember in the class was like, okay, so if Jesus is fully God, he knows everything. I'm and like, has for all eternity. I'm like, yep. But then in Luke two, it says that he grew in wisdom and stature. Yeah. So he learned stuff. So which is it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there's lots of examples like that where, you know, I think it's in Matthew uh, 25 or 26. One of those, uh, where Jesus says like, but, a, for, but like that day, no one knows. Like he's talking about the day of the end of the world. Yeah. No one knows. Not the angels. He says, not even the sun. Yeah. So you're like, but wait, Jesus, you're fully God. How can you not know when you're returning? Yeah. Right? So there's this. And, and so lots of people then um, point to passages like that and they go, see, Jesus is not fully God. He didn't yeah. know everything. See, yeah. he, he, uh, is, he can only pray for Peter that Peter would make it through this trial. Yeah. And so then you have to like wrestle. Is that true? Like. How do you, uh, there's, there's passages in scripture that say that, that in the old Testament, that God never tires, he never sleeps. And yet you have the example of Jesus sleeping in the boat because he's tired and you're like, uh, but I thought he was God. And so there's this mystery of Jesus having two natures, right? A human nature and a divine nature in one person. Yeah. And so do you think it would affect his divine nature had Jesus like legitimate question, but also one that I'm sure people are curious about, not just me. Do you think it would affect uh, the person of Jesus and who we believe him to be fully divine, fully human? Uh, had he laid aside his, his, uh, how should I word it? Um, laid aside is maybe a weird word for it, but yeah, just chosen not to know the answer to certain things. Not that he didn't know them, but in his humanity chosen not to exercise the knowing of those things. Does (laughs) that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's similar to the kenosis theory, which is, uh, was deemed heresy, but it's based on Philippians two. There's one passage that kind of uses language that some people went, Oh, well maybe so. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Have this mind among yourselves, yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality, equality. with God a yep. thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And some translations say, but emptied himself, yeah. taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Uh, I'm just reading some of my notes from theology classes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually theologians in Germany and in England in the 1800s that were like, Oh, okay, so Jesus laid aside his divinity. Christ gave up some of his divine attributes. Yeah. So he Which, he he took he he put aside his all knowingness, or he put aside his omnipresence. I mean, Jesus wasn't ever when he yeah. was on earth; he wasn't everywhere at once. So he put aside his omnipresence. He put aside. Uh, they they use language like he voluntarily self limited himself. 
But the problem with that is a few things. One, no teacher in the first 1800 years of Christianity thought that. that. Um, The text in Philippians 2 doesn't say what Jesus emptied himself of. Yep. And some most I like the ESV, but it says he made himself nothing. Yeah. Um, and the text describes Jesus made himself nothing by taking on the form of a servant. Yeah. He didn't empty himself of divinity. Yeah. He took on. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Humanity. Um, and so the whole context of Philippians two is actually humility, because Paul's saying like, "Hey, be humble. Yeah. Consider other people more important than yourself. Don't look to your own interests." And then he's like. Think about Jesus. That's kind of what Jesus did, yeah. right? So um, I think that, uh, no, I don't think Jesus laid aside any any part of his divinity, but it it makes it trickier then. Yeah. It totally does. Yeah. Because then, and I remember some questions like this coming up, like, yeah. well, wait a second, then like, how do you hold how, these how things together? How do you reconcile together? God as yeah. a baby? Did baby Jesus know absolutely everything? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, that was actually one of the questions. So Jesus just born is lying in the manger. Yeah. Does Probably he... not actually silent. Like the, silent. Yeah, um... Probably screaming. If you've ever seen a newborn baby, <laughs> if they're silent, there's a, issues. A, yeah. If there's, yeah. He's not breathing. If yeah. He's not crying. You got to spank him upside down. Right. Is that what they used to Something do? like that. Um, but yeah, that was one of the questions. So baby Jesus, uh, an hour old, right. Lying there, uh, as God, does he know everything in the universe? And uh, so I, I, the way I taught it, and it's just, it's one of those things that seems like a paradox, right? We've talked yep. about that lots. This yep. comes up many times, right? The, do we choose God or does God choose us? And it's, well, it's both. And we go, well, that can't be. It has to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Jesus, his human nature, um, when he was, uh, doing ministry he was around 30 years old right yeah but his divine nature is that he's eternal he's eternally existed yeah right his human nature jesus got weak and tired uh but his divine nature he's omnipotent he's all-powerful he never gets weak and tired yeah and you go but like but how can both things be happening at the same time right so jesus his human nature he was tempted uh, and his divine nature god is unable to be tempted and yet both are happening at the same time time yeah right so i think so if we bring it back to the luke 22 in jesus human nature he's saying like okay peter i'm gonna pray for you knowing that you're gonna get sifted i'm gonna pray that after this happens you repent and in his divine nature he's like i know what's gonna happen yeah but you'll notice that jesus doesn't say like hey peter listen don't worry about it, man. I know the future (laughs) you're gonna go through it but you'll be just fine yeah right he just He's living in this, this tension uh, that Jesus is the only person that has ever existed that has two natures, divine and human, in the same person. Yeah. So even I think when Jesus says, uh, "No one knows the hour, not even me," he's speaking out of his human nature, mm. and yet he's divine. So of course he knows. Yeah. Right. So you know, like it's mind bending. I don't know some of your thoughts. Mind bending is a good word for it. Um, I think something that that can help me. Cause I mean, of course as humans, I think we'll always have questions and wrestle with like, how do these things play? We can, you could hear the most lofty of speeches about this. And I think we'll still come away with it being like, okay, that might make more sense than it did, but I still don't fully get it. And yeah, I, sure. It's cause it's, 
it's about God. If we fully understood God, <laughs> something would be wrong. Yeah. Um, I think something that helps me is, is looking at Jesus as the great high priest, right? We hear language about that in the New Testament and some of the epistles and mm. the homilies that we have in the New Testament. I think for me, that helps. Mm-hmm. Un- like trying to understand how Yahweh, how Jesus, the, the, yeah, one of the three persons of the Trinity puts on the role of high priest. And that role of high priest is human flesh, mm-hmm. right? So he must, to fulfill that role, he must be fully human. Totally. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't be actually fulfilling the role of high priest. Yep. Um, but he must also still stay divine because he is Yahweh. He is one of the three persons in the Trinity. Yeah. So I, for me, that helps because it... it um, I don't know why per se in my brain this helps. I don't necessarily have the words for it, but the idea that Jesus has come to fulfill a role helps me understand why then some of these things, it can appear as though it's like a contradiction, mm-hmm. but he's there fulfilling a role. Yep. Um, yep. So like, <clears throat> I, maybe this is a lame example. You can tell me if this is a lame example. My brain is trying to think of like how, in a like human way, could we kind of understand this? Not trying to humanize God, just trying to like, how do we how do we function around this? So I, at the church here, work as a youth pastor apprentice. I work with the uh, junior youth, senior youth, and young adults. Uh, so I get to have some actually pretty loft, not lofty conversations, as in like high up, but as in like <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the kind of things we talk about stretch our brains quite a bit. Uh, but this summer, I had to work with VBS kids, so that's like. Oh man, what are the age groups there? It was like grades four. one through six. Yeah, grades one through six, and like it's not a thing of offense, but I had to numb it down. You can't just talk about the same things because their their foundations haven't been laid in the same way. They haven't grown to a point where they can mm-hmm. even understand some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I laid. It wasn't like okay, well to do this, I better forget everything I've ever known. But right. when a kid comes up to me and tells me that they learned how to, I don't know do a cartwheel it's got to be like what that's crazy show me right because like yeah. i mean of course kids that age are learning to do cartwheels right sure. like yep. i of course i know that um but out of relationship for them and fulfilling the role that i was called to there that yep. was something that i had to do and i don't i don't see that as double-faced i see that as something that we can do to build relationship to be excited about those things mm-hmm. maybe that's a human way we could understand to to a minimal extent what Jesus is doing here, where if he's putting on human flesh as a divine being, maybe there is a sense, not of like legitimately not forgetting that he's divine, not laying aside his divinity, but assuming a role of high priest and still staying fully divine at the same time. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe there's, maybe if you take that example too far, then of course it'll fall apart. But yeah, I like this one quote that, that I don't know. I just thought it was good. It's, it says the doctrine of the unification of divine and human within Jesus is difficult to comprehend because it posits the combination of two natures that by definition have contradictory attributes as deity. Christ is infinite knowledge, power, and presence. If he is God, he must know all things. He can do all things that are proper objects of his power. He can be everywhere at once. But on the other hand, if he was a human, he was limited in knowledge. He could not do everything. And he certainly was limited to being in one place at a time. 
for one person to be both infinite and finite simultaneously seems impossible. Yeah. And that theologian was just saying, like, if you if you feel like it's um, difficult to comprehend, it's because it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I yeah. love that he says you have two opposite natures, which he's, he's right. Like human beings, we are finite. God is infinite. Yeah. Human beings are weak. God is strong. Human like. Yeah. We're opposites. Yeah. And yet to have both natures in one person, that's why it, it's difficult to comprehend. Um, but again, I think it's important that w- like we have to live in the tension of yep. both. So for instance, like um, some people, uh, you know, so, you know, Bill Johnson, for example, he'll, he'll tiptoe around this and he'll go, you know, he'll he'll come dangerously close if not saying, oh, yeah, Jesus laid aside his divinity. Yeah. But he'll then go, I mean, he was fully God, but he kind of yeah. laid it aside yeah, and, I, and only did miracles as a, as human. a human. And I'm In right going, relationship with but God. But I'm going, but wrong. As soon as you say that, then he's not fully God. If yeah. he only, so it's not as if Jesus is like some of the things he does was when it's like, I'm going to put my human cap on now. Right. Yeah. And I'm doing things as a human. And then now it's like, Bring! now I'm God. No, he did everything as human divine. Right. At the same time. I, one, uh, one, one illustration. So Usain Bolt. Right. I still think he's the, he's still the fastest guy in the world. I don't think anyone's beat him yet. Yeah. So think. if you don't know, Usain Bolt, was that the 2008? It's a long time. 12, already. whatever. Anyways, he like broke all these records. He, <laughs> no one could even come close to him. He just like sailed to the finish line. Right, he's the fastest man on, on the planet, bar none. Like no one yeah. can come close to him. And so this guy was saying, like, okay, so Usain Bolt, fastest man on the planet. If he participated in a three-legged race, doesn't matter if you're the fa- you're still limited. Yeah. Because of what? Because of the circumstances that you're in. And you don't lay aside those titles to do that. No, he's still the <laughs> fastest man on the planet. Yeah. But he's now tied with to a, a limp. Yeah, he's tied to another human being for a three-legged race. And again, all illustrations fall short. Yes. But when we say Jesus is fully human, we are in no way saying, oh, he laid aside his divinity. We're saying, sure, there there is functional limitations because he took on humanity. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, but that doesn't mean it's not a reduction of Jesus' power. It's not as if, oh, Usain Bolt lost a three-legged race. He's not the fastest man in the world anymore. No, of course he is. Yeah. Right? But there was some limitations on because of the circumstances, I yeah. guess. Right. So yeah. I don't know if that helps. Like, I, I think to theology around, uh, I think theology around the idea that Jesus would have laid aside his divinity and there would have been moments where you're, you know, where he was fully God. And then, you know, like you said, I put on my human cap right now. I think that's really, really dangerous because it, it infers that us as humans have this inerrant power. Not Is inerrant the right word? Inherent? Inherent power. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Where, where we have this ability to do these divine acts that yep. we see Jesus do. Well, that's I think exactly... scripture points to that we actually don't have that. The amount of times that scripture refers to us as dust or vapor, here one second, gone the next unable to we we are unable to even without Yahweh we can't even um and I I think that that is something that is important to Christian theology I can't even right yeah. now <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> being being human the idea that we are are uh in need of Yahweh 
regardless of if it was before the fall or after the fall, or even when the new world comes, we need Yahweh. Yeah. And I think that's an important aspect of theology. So w- once you get into that with Jesus, that's where yeah. you get into some pretty dangerous well, I mean, grounds. Yeah, that's what Bill Johnson goes on to say. He says, if Jesus performed miracles as God, I'm still impressed, but I have no example to follow. And then he'll say, but if Jesus performed miracles as a man in right relationship to God, then I can do what he did. He says as he wears glasses on the stage. Well, and yeah. It. And I mean, there's because then they'll point to the John, whatever it is, 14 or 15. You know, you'll do greater works than I will see. Yeah. But in no sense at all is Jesus. So then if we can do greater works. Why haven't I created another world? Well, no, but like so Jesus was raised from the dead. So then none of us should ever die. Yeah. And Bill Johnson's wife just died of yeah. cancer. Well, if you're going to do greater works, I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to pick on him, right? And be cruel because that's sad, right? Yeah. But your theology falls apart in reality because, yeah. Uh, yeah the whole th- point. Sorry. And I had a guy that I met with in town. This is a few years ago, and he kind of said the same thing. Like, if G- Jesus said to follow him, and if he's God doing all these things, then I can't follow him. And I said. That's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> that is the entire point of the yeah. gospel is that you are, uh, we needed someone to come and do what we couldn't do. Yeah. When I look at Jesus, I don't get bummed out that I can't walk on water. I, I get look, a little bummed out. I mean, I, yeah, I think that'd be really let's sweet. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think that'd be sweet. But, <laughs> but I don't look at all the things Jesus do and go, oh, I want to yeah. do that. Yeah. I look at Jesus and go, I can't, he's God. I can't believe he did that. For yeah. me. Like, that's amazing. Right. So, um, all that to say out of Luke 22. <laughs> yeah. But it is to wrestle when you read passages like that to go, yeah, you have to make sense of the two natures of Jesus because there's lots. Um, even we just went through the Gospel of John and multiple times in chapter 5 and chapter 8, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. And you go, whoa, wait, wait a second. I yeah. thought you were God, yeah. right? But then even, again, later in the New Testament, I, I believe it's in Hebrews, talks about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, right? Yeah. Modeling relationship with Yahweh, modeling relationship yeah. with the Father. Um, and the amount of times that Jesus says that no one can come to the Father except through me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's modeling these things as a great high priest. And then as the, the uh, to use Bible project terminology, the, the royal priesthood of Eden us as followers of Jesus are to then be in right relationship with Yahweh yep. like he was. Right. Yep. Um, I think that's, that's what is what I mean by when he, I say he put on the role of high priest. Yep. Um, he didn't ever lay aside anything else to put that on, but he had to. And so that means that he had to fulfill certain duties by doing that. So yeah. praying for his disciples, praying for us. If you read the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, that's, that's another fascinating one where, yep where Jesus is performing exactly like uh, our, our Bible translators have stated. It's a high priestly prayer. Mm-hmm. Super fascinating. Yeah. Well, good, uh, good discussion you brought up. Yeah, now we're going to switch to a different thing. All right. Switching gears for uh, part Two? No, that's not the reason. <laughs> it's like part 1.5. Part 1.5. Uh, but we have another question that came in. Um, so we've only been going for 27 minutes. So I'm like, let's... Uh, uh, yep, I agree. Let's crack the can open, right? So 
uh, this past Sunday, uh, as a church, we've been going through First Corinthians, and we were dealing with church conflict. And I said something along the lines of like, um, you know, how one of the practical ways you can avoid church conflict is go directly to the person that offended you, right? Don't go share with your life group and guise it as a or like disguise it as a prayer request. Hey, we need to pray for her because she's the worst, right? Not like that. And I, I, I mentioned something of like, like, don't gossip. Gossip leads to way more church yeah. conflict. Yeah. So then someone asked me, okay, well, what is gossip? Um, you know, we're told not to gossip, but what is it? What is yeah. gossip? Can you give some examples? Is gossip related to slander? Do they overlap? Are they connected? And then I'm not going to go into details, but like the idea of, okay, if I, if something is really bothering me and I need advice or help, am I not allowed to go to anyone? To so let's say, let something. me give an example. So let's say like you yeah. are doing something that's wrong. Yeah. So if I go to Don Bandman to say, Don, I don't know what to do in this situation. And I share details about what you're doing. Is that gossip? Am I not allowed to talk? to anybody about anything or are we in or is that gossip if you talk about people with other people right like yeah. or not are there boundaries is it black and white is it gray like <laughs> yeah. i thought man that is a good question and it actually excited me because i'm like people listened on sunday that's great yeah. and they're actually going like okay you've told us not to gossip so what is that what is it yeah i don't know do you have any initial thoughts because the topic of gossip is is a really really uh, complex one. I I think uh, some people might view this as a really black and white thing. Um, yeah. Because I like in the hypothetical that if I was doing something wrong and you went to Don to be like, man, I don't know what to do in this scenario. I would argue that's not gossip. Yeah. Personally, yep. from my understanding of what gossip is, I would argue that that would actually be seeking wisdom. You're going to another man who I know who I trust yeah. and you're talking to him. He knows me well yep. um, to be like, Hey, like I don't know what to do in this situation. Uh-huh. Uh, I would argue that's not gossip. I like, if we look up just like the first thing that comes up on Google, when you look up a definition for gossip, it says casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not conform confirmed as being true. Hmm. Yes. So I don't, I don't know if that's like, I think earlier you were saying you did like to, before we started recording, you said you had done a word search on the, the word. Is yeah. that similar to what you found? Uh, Google accurate there? Is it? Uh, kind of. I think read, read the definition again. So gossip is the casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Yeah. So words that I agree with, like the casual and unconstrained is really good. Yeah. Because so even if the, the example that I gave, if I went to Dawn, it's not casual or unconstrained. It's because I am legitimately worried about you. I yeah. just don't know how to approach you and yeah. I need some help. Yeah. It would be different if I went to Dawn, closed his office door and said, hey, did you hear about what Gorland's doing? Yeah. So I think one, one article that I read said that intent really matters. Mm. What is your yeah. intent by going to the other person, right? Yeah. Um, and then you said about details that might not necessarily be true. Yeah. Right? So I think gossip has a uh, an aspect of it where y you, uh, you actually aren't 100% sure about the story. Like, hey, 
I heard this. Did you hear that so-and-so is sleeping around? And it might be true and it might be not, right? Yeah. I think the difference would be if I know for a fact that you are doing something. Yeah. Because I've seen it. Yep. With my own eyes. Yeah. Then I'm not going and spreading uh, I hate misinformation because of the world that we live in. Yeah. yeah. You're spreading disinformation. But I'm not going speculating with Dawn that you're yeah. doing something. I know for a fact. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um. So 2 Corinthians, I just looked up. 2 Corinthians 12, 20, Paul says to the church um, that uh, he's talking about coming to the church in Corinth. And he says that he's he's a little bit fearful of coming because he says perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. So when I looked up in the Greek uh, what what gossip is, I'm going to – it's a long word. Oh, boy. Uh, Piss – Piss, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> what is he saying? Try again. It's PSI to start with. So it's like pistorsimos. P-S-I-T-H-U-R-I-S-M-O-S. Pistorsimos or something like that. Anyways. You don't speak Greek, do you? No. Uh, <laughs> it means a whispering. Hmm. Uh, and then a slash secret slandering. So this person's question, is gossip and slander connected? Yes. Um, slander is the idea of like defaming someone yeah, or um, questioning their integrity or saying things about them that aren't true. So interesting that the Greek word for gossip means you're slandering someone, but in secret. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in like Greek lexicons, they'll give like, this is what the word means, a whispering. And then they'll like kind of flush it out a little bit about like different contexts that it's used. Yeah. So it's a whispering that launches secret attacks on a person's character. So that's how, as they've looked at all the Greek uses of hmm. the word gossip, they're like, hmm. this is kind of, but it's all connected to whispering. Yeah. Which I thought is really interesting because when you, what's the point of whispering? The point of whispering is you don't want other people to hear. Yeah. And it's a secret. Yeah. So when I think about my kids, Lucy and Ruby have started doing this where it's like at the dinner table, Lucy will just like lean over and be like, and we say like, Hey, secrets not allowed. Like, come on. What are you saying? Oh, I was just saying that we should like try and eat cookies after or whatever. It's always silly. Yeah. But you think about gossip being the idea that I am whispering to other people about other people's characters. Yeah. Then I go, okay, that helps like, if I go to Dawn about you yeah. because I'm worried about your salvation, yeah. I'm not going to be whispering about it. I'm like, Dawn, help me yeah. figure out. You're going to close the door so you can talk loudly about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But then people are saying like, but yeah. where's the line, right? Yeah. And yeah, I, the other line that I'm trying to, to think through, like how would we navigate is like uh, telling a story. So like, I don't know, you go to a family gathering and somebody did something that you're like, what in the world happened here? Like, is it okay to tell your friends and be like, to, to laugh about it, to, to be like, yeah. what was that person thinking? Like wild. Yeah. Like where, where are those lines? I think it's really, really interesting. If you Google uh, gossip or, or gossip definition, um, it's funny because all of the pictures that come up in Google images, I don't know why I clicked on images. <laughs> Almost every single one has one person, you know, covering their mouth on one side, whispering. whispering. Huh. And the person's reaction is generally that of, like, surprise. And, like, I don't know. You can 
if you like art, then maybe you read into these things. If you don't, then maybe you're just like, yeah, it's just a picture. But almost everyone's eyes, especially the photos that are taken head on, are like it's it's it conveys the idea of like they're looking at the person that's yeah. being gossiped about as yep. like, oh, my goodness, I can't yep. believe that they did that. Yep. Not every single picture, but a lot of them. I think I think something that I uh, when I think of gossip, I think of it as like a. It's a means to bring yourself up and someone else yes, down. I'm glad you said and so that. what I mean by that is not necessarily that every time you gossip that it would be like uh, as I don't know, a random example, oh Andrew does this. I don't though. Like like it's not necessarily always like that. Uh but isn't it though? Often it is, but I think I think it actually is deeper than than that. And huh. that I think that it is a I think it's something that we do to get that feeling. Yeah, totally. So, like, so, so, oh, um, their marriage is falling apart. Yeah. And it's this feeling of like, mine's not this, like I'm better than them. Let's, let's, um, and this is going to sound weird, but let me say it. It's like, let's celebrate in their failure Yeah. by just talk, it makes me feel talking good talking about right? how their marriage is falling apart. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's a self a self-serving thing. Which goes back to like the intent. What is your intent so f- of sharing that information with someone? So like so for instance, I'm all I'll share stuff with my wife. Yeah. Um and it's always this like balance of so as a pastor, I am privy to lots of yep, lots of sensitive information. Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll share my share with my wife uh, without using names or details just yep. because I'm like, we need to, and I, people are going to, oh, are you praying for them? But like generally, like genuinely, yep. we yep. need to pray for these people, right? Whose lives are in trouble. Yeah. And then other times uh, there's, there's stuff that I deal with as a pastor that I actually don't uh, share with my wife. And some people made, oh, I share everything with my wife. Okay, that's fine. But I'm like, I don't need to to bring my wife into the, the garbage is. mess of everybody's lives, right? Yeah. Including, you know what I mean? Yeah. But so there is times when I'm like, I've shared information because I genuinely uh, a need help from someone because I'm like, I re- I don't know what to do. Yeah. Can you please give me some wisdom on what I should do? Yeah. So the intent there is not to like celebrate people's failings and slander their character. Yeah. The intent is like, we got to help this person, but I am drawing a blank. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So then I'll go to Corlin or I'll go to Dawn or my wife yeah. and say, can you please help? Like, so, so do you think, uh, do you think on a really practical scale, telling stories that have happened to you, to other people, do you think that that, can, do you think that it can not be gossip as in like, <laughs> as is there the possibility that you can tell stories about, others and have it not be gossip and have it not be something where like at the end of every sentence you're like okay we need to pray though for this person then you know everyone bows their head like can you can you just talk i don't want to gossip but yeah (laughs) like like what what are those boundaries right because i i know me and my friends often tell stories about uh you know other people and stuff and we laugh about it and stuff but we're not at least i don't think we're we're doing it out of a malicious intent or out of I mean, we do it out of enjoyment because stories are funny. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious. What do you... Yeah, I think this is where it just gets really muddy because part of it has to do with your heart. Like Jesus often, yep. he's just like, he goes right to the heart of the person. Yep. 
and intention and why you're doing it. Um, I think uh, one of the things that maybe is a helpful guideline is like, would you share that story and yes. laugh about it if that person yes. was there? Yep. Which if, if they were and you can all laugh about it, it's like, I don't think that's gossip. Yeah. But if it's like you're sharing a story and you're like, okay, make sure you don't, don't tell them that I told you that. Yeah. Then I'm like, then there's a problem because you're purposefully at the expense of another person. Yeah. So if you wouldn't be comfortable, so let's say like, okay, so our life group, right? You're in my, you're in our life group Mm -hmm. and you did something. Let's say that you, uh, in the office, walked out of the bathroom without your pants up and you forgot and we all left a wild story. (laughs) I know I'm trying to use an extreme (laughs) example. So, and then you weren't at life group that week. Yeah. Like if I was going to share that hilarious story, I, I better be able to share it. In would, front of you. I would probably laugh. About I, that. I know, right? <laughs> but then, because this is stuff like that. Maybe that's a silly example because it's so ludicrous, right? Yeah. But if uh, if you had said like, oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. Can you please, can we just not tell people that that happened? Yeah. And then I go to life group and you're not there. And I'm like, guys, you won't believe what happened. Yeah. And then it is, and we all laughed at your expense and you're not there. Then I think. I don't know if that's gossip. I think that's just like I think it's disrespectful. It's just being Whether malicious, it's or not, right? It's not. But if you were there and I told the story and we all laughed about it, I don't think that's a problem. Or if you were like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed." Uh, I don't care if you tell yeah. the life group about this. We have to because, like, who does that? Yeah. Uh, then that's different, yeah. right? Like, so, but I think it's hard because, again, so much of it has to do with your intentions and your heart behind the matter. If I'm yeah. sharing a story about someone who did something really stupid to build myself up, yeah, then I, then I think there's a problem, right? Yeah. But if we're actually just a group of friends who just laugh about the stupid things humans do, then I actually don't, I don't see a problem with that. I, I, I agree. This is, uh, this kind of, um, man, words are really hard this morning. Um, the idea of like in conversation, like bringing stuff up, I agree. It is a really muddy area. Cause I can admit there are times where I've been talking with friends about other friends. And then partway through the conversation, both of us are like, whoa, whoa, okay. Our yeah, hearts we, are wrong here. We crossed the line. We crossed the line. Yeah. We, you know what? And generally speaking, at least with those friends that we've, I've done those things. Usually we pause and we're like, okay, instead of gossiping, let's pray for the person. If this is something we've seen, yeah, let's stop and let's pray about it together. If we've yep. both seen it, we both talk about it. Instead of gossiping, let's pray and yep. leave it there. Yeah. Um, but it is really, really tough because I think that it is. Uh, I mean, I I look at this isn't an excuse. I'm just I'm trying to reason why this would be something that's so hard in in our broken world. I look at scripture and scripture tells the story of Yahweh and his people through stories hmm. about people. Mm-hmm. And we look at those things and we read them and we say, well, that's not gossip, mm-hmm. but it talks about the nitty gritty of these people and it, it exposes these things and stuff. And I, yeah. I think too of myself, like even, uh, even in a counseling session, the amount of stuff that you would talk about where other people's stories are involved in your story is mm-hmm. high. Yep. And, and I would argue that that's really important to talk and process through those things. Yep. But yeah, like you said, to be aware of what your heart is doing with those things is really, really hard. Yeah. And I, I don't think that any human does that perfectly. Yep. Uh, so if you're listening to this podcast thinking Andrew and Corland are, are probably perfect at this, well. I can guarantee Andrew it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we both are not. 
right? It's yeah. something that we navigate where we should always be asking. And I think the guideline of like, would you talk about this in this way with that person present? Totally. Uh, is a really good one because oftentimes if the answer is like well no that'd be really uncomfortable then don't talk about it yep. with other people yep right or, if i'm coming to you being like oh my <coughs> goodness did you hear that dawn did this if i wouldn't feel comfortable going to dawn and saying oh my goodness i heard that you did this yeah then don't talk like that yeah it's like shut your mouth then <laughs> right? yeah if it's, and i think it's interesting because every time we we go to i'm using air quotes here gossip uh, in this conversation, we always have this tone of snobbery about it. Totally. Um, it totally is. And so I think that, I think that there can be, and this is, uh, this isn't permission to gossip if this is what you're doing with your gossip, but I think that there can be cases where a person goes to another person and talks about someone else to try and help process their understanding of what's happening. Yeah. Like you said, going to Dawn or like you said, uh, telling a story about something that's happened because sometimes those conversations then turn into man I wonder I wonder what has happened to that individual that they would respond that way hmm. and how can like may, maybe it does turn into a how can we actually walk with them in that maybe my response to them in that story isn't actually what I should have been doing hmm. um, I don't think that it always turns into that but I think that we can I think that we don't have to just never talk about any of our experiences with other people with other people because of a fear of gossip. Yeah. I think it really does come down to a heart of, of what is the motive behind this? <clears throat> I think so. Um, and that I, I would even argue that that can flip flop as you're speaking about that. Yeah. Be careful. Like, Cause Jeremiah says our hearts are deceptively yeah. wicked. <laughs> so you might be talking and it might be totally appropriate one moment and it might switch to gossip for 30 seconds and then switch back. Yeah, I've had that where all of a sudden, like you said, you're like, Oh, okay, wait, time out. This is not going to a good place. Like we need to stop. Yeah. And I think that's good. At least you're uh, identifying it. Yeah. And I, I would say it's better to err on the side of caution than just yep. go, ah, whatever. Yeah. To If you feel uh, like a, a nudging from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. Walking feel in, in step. That's the word. In Galatians 5, walking in step with the Spirit. If all yep. of a sudden you're talking with someone and you feel conviction from the spirit to stop then stop yeah. right because that's err on the side of caution that you go okay wait a second i'm not just asking this person for advice anymore like yeah. this is this is going to a really unhealthy place yeah. and be brave enough to go to that person and be like i think i'm actually starting to gossip i need to stop yeah and it it'll feel and, awkward and clunky but and at I least wanna, sorry go ahead yeah but at least then you're trying to catch yourself before you just do way more damage right yeah. so and i think uh this is for both parties if you if you are not the party that's coming forward saying oh i think we're gossiping if you're the one who's still talking and you think you're good i something i try to do is stop and actually think about what i've been saying and how i've been saying it yeah totally have i actually been gossiping and you maybe you personally haven't been but i think it's fair that if if there is uh somebody feeling convicted about gossiping in that circle, that it's fair for everyone in that circle to stop and actually think about what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and then advice, if you have been, it's hard to gossip about someone when you're praying to Yahweh about them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do that when you're focused on, on their soul than, yeah. than you are on you. Yeah. Own. So I'd say as much as you possibly can, right. Go to that person first. Like before I, 
I mean, that's the whole Matthew 18. Jesus says, like, when your brother sins against you, uh, go to them yeah. alone. Yeah. Right? Um, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Yeah. Right? But then it's like Jesus knows that it's not always going it to happen that way. Work that way. So if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you. Um, so it's like now's the time where you bring other people into the equation, right? Yeah. So let, let's say I've, uh, I see you doing things uh, that are wrong or whatever. Yeah. The, my first step is to actually go to you and be yep. like, Corlin, I'm worried. And let's say you say, whatever, man, I can do what I want. It's like, oh, okay, well, you didn't listen. Yeah. So now I got to go to Dawn and say, Dawn, yep. I don't know what to do. So and I, and so let's say then I'm Dawn in this situation and someone comes to me, your res- first response would be, did you go to them first? Yeah. Not like, oh my goodness, this is juicy. juicy. Yeah. But it should be. Like if someone yeah. comes to you and says, hey, I need to talk to you about so-and-so, Have you, you should say, first? time out. Have you talked to them first? And if not, say, I'm not interested. Right? Because yeah. that, that would cut off so much potential for gossip. Yeah. But if the person says... Yeah, I have, and it just went really bad. Okay, yeah. What happened? Maybe I can help. Maybe I'll see a perspective that's different. Yeah. And then uh, Jesus says the last thing is if that person just continues to not listen, then you go to the church, which would be the pastors and elders, and uh, then we get involved, right? Yeah. And then it just gets messier and blah blah blah. But we don't need to talk about and that part. And I think that these like talking about this, it makes it really like I'm thinking even in my own life, I. I it makes it so that we, like you said, err on the side of caution with this, um, of not gossiping because, uh, there are times and things where you might be wondering, like, is it even appropriate for me to approach that person about this? Like, sure. Do I know the person well enough that they'll actually respond to me? Yep. Uh, cause there, there's, uh, scenarios where you might run into someone that says something or does something to you that you responded in a way and then you're going and telling someone else a story and, and, Maybe you can tell it just as a story and and it might not be gossip, but also I think it can turn to gossip very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but you might not actually know that person well enough to go and, and have a good response come from being like, hey, I, I noticed you did this. It might not be well, especially if you're returning. Might be one thing if you're yeah. in the moment and be like, hey, I don't appreciate the way you're doing that. Yeah. But generally speaking, if that happens, there's no room for gossip anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, and if you do have other thoughts or maybe, uh, you know, ways that you've battled this, let us know. Yeah. And then maybe next episode we'll, we can share some follow-up thoughts if stuff we've missed or anything like yeah. that. But hopefully that's helpful and uh, both topics uh, have been interesting. So thanks for tuning in, episode 101, and we will talk to you next week.